Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose, with me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? No off season's in full effect. Um, as I'm as we're going to talk about here, but yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. We got our we got the franchise quarterback now in Washington. Well, yeah, a lot of moving pieces. I mean, if you thought that there was an off season in the NFL. There isn't. Yeah. And it, and a lot of this happened within a 48-hour window. I mean, mm-hmm. the commanders have a commander, you know. The the Broncos have a new, you know, a new quarterback too. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is 200 million richer. Like a lot has happened and Khalil Mack is coming out west. I mean, damn. We haven't even like, gotten to the draft. Yeah. Um, players still have to get cut. There is a lot that can happen between now and the first week of the regular season. Yeah, but let's start with Aaron Rodgers because he was the first news that broke out. Um, yeah, you know, apparently in a team-friendly deal, he signed for four years and reported $200 million with $153 million, um guaranteed. Now, I know that, you know, general managers have a way of working things into, like, making some of it a bonus and it doesn't count against the cap, blah, 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 blah. But how is making $50 million a year um, a team-friendly deal? everything but um i think that you know it's a hefty price tag to pay and you haven't really improved the team i mean the team was already the number one seed last year um you know they had home field advantage and you couldn't win there so it's clearly much more than their current roster they have to build pieces and I don't see how you can add to that team when you're paying, you know, a significant portion of that salary cap to one individual. Yeah, the uh, it, I, th- I think the whole thing was very selfish of him, which is not surprising because we we've known that about him. He's a he's a very selfish guy in the sense that he only cares about himself. Um, let's face it you never see the highest paid quarterbacks win the Super Bowl, And it's because uh, football is a team sport and you need, you need uh, players around you to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think anything's going to change with the Packers, you know, yeah, they might win the NFC North again, but you know, what's going to happen in the playoffs. You know, we've seen the last two years where they've had everything going for them and, and what happens, they come up short. And let's face it, he is not he's not the guy that I thought he was, especially after last year when he dropped the ball against the Buccaneers. Like you have home field advantage. You know, you had an MVP season. You have arguably the, the best wide receiver in the game. And yet you still lose. Like to me, this is him wanting attention, him wanting to be the highest paid player in NFL history. Uh, but this does not say anything about him uh, wanting to win a, a Super Bowl in Green Bay because it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and now they, the Packers have to make tough decisions. You know, they had a franchise, Devontae Adams. They can't quite give him the big extension that he deserves because they probably are trying to figure out how to make that money work. Now they might have to cut, you know, key supporting cast members like 
Randall Cobb, you know, Preston Smith, like they might not be able to resign um, Douglas on defense. Like they, they, there, there are consequences to taking on that much money. And we see how it's affected the Chiefs. You know, they weren't quite as dominant this year because, you know, you have to start making tough decisions. If you're paying your, if you're paying Mahomes 50 million, well, that means someone else isn't going to get their, their, their piece of the pie. So like, you guys are right. You know, Buffalo's going to have to make those same decisions too with the extension that they gave Allen. And now, you know, Lamar Jackson wants a big extension like that in Baltimore. Um, you know, um, uh, Ky- Kyler Murray wants a big extension like that, which means, you know, if Kyler Murray gets that kind of money, then that means Kendall Kirk can get paid. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, yeah and, and I get that because, you know, these are young players are going up to their second contract and you should do everything you can to get paid because if this league will let you know anything, it's, it's, they will let you know when they no longer need you. Case in point, take a look at what Seattle did with Bobby Wagner, seven time pro bowler. He's in their hall of fame. They let him go like he was some bum off the street. Right. The NFL will let you go like that. And if you're a young player, if you're especially if you're a quarterback, get your money now while you can, because it's not guaranteed in that next contract. And I support Kyler Lamar getting, you know, the highest contracts available. But for someone like Aaron Rodgers, who's coming down to the twilight of his career, it's no longer about getting paid. He's gotten paid. It's now about establishing your legacy and putting, you know, your your handprints in the cement and letting it dry. And he's he's sort of not giving himself enough runway or enough, you know, slack to work with, because now, you know, we we never questioned his arm talent or his ability to play quarterback. The question was, can you win it? Right. He's he's more he, he, he has a better arm than Tom Brady. Right. We all see this. I mean, he's deadlier than Tom Brady. But guess what? Tom Brady has more championship rings, and he's the goat. And you know what he did in in New England? He took pay he he took pay cuts. Yeah, absolutely. And even in Tampa Bay, where he got paid, it's like half of what um, Aaron Rodgers got. So, like, you know, even when. Tom Brady wanted to get paid. He wasn't even looking to get paid like that. He was okay with, you know, getting like the kind of money that Kirk Cousins get. And like, come on, like the fact that Kirk Cousins is making more money than Tom Brady was. And it's Kirk Cousins, you know, he's Mr. Eight and eight, you know, Mr. Average. And, but that, that tells you who Tom Brady is. He's willing to get paid at the same level as bums like Kirk Cousins. You know, but look at look at like Matt Ryan. He took that big old extension in Atlanta and look at how many pieces he lost over the last few years. And that team just kept dwindling down because they had to pay him all this money and they couldn't afford to put the pieces around him to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's not making it easy for himself if his ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. We all know that it's harder and harder to get back there and compete. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and another team that made a, a tough decision was the the Seahawks. But, you know, 
this trade to me was a little uh, underwhelming because they held out for months or a whole year because since last offseason we've been hearing about it. The commanders wanted him. Um, Chicago wanted him. New York wanted him. And you were hearing talks of three, four first-rounders being offered, and they took a deal from Denver where it's only two firsts, two seconds, and, and Noah Fant plus uh, another defensive player and Drew Locke, which, you know, he couldn't even be a consistent starter in Denver. So, I mean, I don't really know what Seattle expects there from him, but do you guys feel like they took a lesser deal than, than they could have gotten for Wilson? Cause there's rumors out there that other teams had better offers on the table. Yeah, it sounds like they did take a lesser deal. Um, we heard that the commanders were offering uh, three first round picks for, Wilson, um, but I don't know if uh, Wilson uh, denied the trade because he um, he has the the clause of the the no trade clause in his contract where he can pick which team he wants to go to, or if the Seahawks were the you know were the ones that were saying you know what we don't want to trade him to the NFC. Um, I would probably lean towards Russell Wilson, um, uh, not wanting to play for Washington. Um, I know um, he's from that area, but at the same time, I think he looked at Denver as the better team in terms of talent wise, in terms of the, the defense. Um, Seattle wouldn't be that stupid to turn down three first round picks for, you know, a franchise quarterback. Um, but I do think this is the right move for Seattle. You know, they have to get what they can for him right now so that they can uh, move on and rebuild the team. They had a, a very good run with uh, the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it only led to one uh, Super Bowl. It should have been two. Um, give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, but you know it, it is what it is. And you know what? At, at the end of the day, Seattle, you know, Seattle became a a franchise that uh, was um, you know one of the top teams for you know for almost a decade. And um, you know they have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Russell Wilson now can you know chase rings in Denver. I don't know why Denver is like the, the team where people want to go when their careers are up. I don't, it doesn't really make sense to me, you know, because of, you know, it, it's, it's a cold city, um, you know, and I don't know. It, it, high it's altitude. Just, yeah. High altitude. It's weird because like Peyton Manning went there. Now Russell Wilson's going here. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the, uh, the Broncos won the trade for sure. Um you know, the Seahawks, you, you know, they got the two first rounders. Drew, Drew Locke is, you know, is going to be a journeyman. No offense, a good player, but he's not elite. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the, the AFC West is probably the most competitive division right now, and uh, along with the NFC West. And uh, we'll see how that breaks down. But uh, definitely the Broncos win uh, this trade. Yeah, I mean, this one's tough. You really... If you're Denver, it, the only bar barometer of success is a Super Bowl championship at this point with how much you paid. And for Seattle, it's not so much, you know, Super Bowl, cha uh, Super Bowl or bus for them. Um, it's it's going to come down to what they're able to to draft with these, you know, these draft picks. Um, they might all be bust. They, they might be good you know, who we honestly don't know, and they still have to resign these players. And, you know, really, that's just a crapshoot. Um, I like what Seattle is doing. 
you know, they're, they're really just looking towards the future, trying to rebuild that roster. Like I indicated earlier, Bobby Wagner, they let him go. They're looking to get younger and it, you know, it sucks for their current roster because I thought that they had a good team. They have playmakers on that team. Um, you take a look at the, at that blockbuster trade that they had uh, two seasons ago for what's his face out of uh, New York. And oh, we all thought that, yeah. And we all thought that they were Super Bowl contenders at that point, right? Um, and you have a young, one of the young up-and-coming great wide receivers and DK Metcalf, um, who we're all expecting big things from. And, you know, that sort of, you know, it sort of tempers expectations. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's win-win for both teams. But short-term, I think it is win for Denver because they have a legitimate shot at a Super Bowl if they can – get the right pieces in place and get get the right play callers and and put that team in position to win on Sundays. Absolutely. And if the right t- deals on the table, you know that guys like Tyler Lockett and Jamal Adams are probably available too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think at this point, Seattle is trying to stockpile future assets, get out from under some of those contracts. So, I, I mean, my guess is Chris Carson will probably get cut. Um Jamal Adams and Tyler Lockett will probably be in the trade and trade market. Who knows if they'll be willing to pay Rashad Penny or if they'll just, you know, look to draft somebody, but it, it really looks like Seattle's headed more in the direction of a full, full blown rebuild than trying to um, fight for a wild card spot. And now moving on to your commanders, Junie, um, you know, we knew we've known, Ever since Kirk Cousins left, we've known they need a quarterback. They have needed one. They have tried, you know, to do Band-Aid um, solutions, and they haven't. I mean, they've done enough to at least make the playoffs a couple times, but, like, it, has, it hasn't solved the big issue. So now they have traded for a still relatively young um, former MVP candidate in, in Carson Wentz who, you know, had a solid year in, in Indianapolis, didn't get the results they wanted at the end. But he's he's still a very good quarterback. He's still young, twenty eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. Like I mean, and you know, um, do you think that he can go back to being that MVP candidate, or do you think that he is more that guy that failed at the second half of the season with Indianapolis? Honestly, really digesting this trade the last uh, day or so, really looking at the numbers, analyzing you know, his game and uh, from 2016 to 2021, I really think he is in position to have a real bounce back year this year. Last year, he was actually really good. He was uh, 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions with a 94.6 quarterback rating. Um, Really solid. uh, And that's considering he had no help. Yeah, he had the best running back in the game. Yeah, he had a good offensive line, but you know, who, who did he have? Michael Pittman? Who do you have? T.Y. Hilton, a guy who, who can barely stay healthy. You know, even when he played for the Eagles, he didn't have anybody. You know, Jalen Rager, uh, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgram. Like, who are, the, who, are, who are these guys? You know, yeah, he had Ertz, but he didn't have anybody, and he still put up MVP numbers. I think the guy is due for a really good year. Um, the Colts. I think the Colts slept on him. I, I don't think it's uh, Frank Wright who 
didn't want him back. I think it was uh, the GM and the owner, you know, that said, Hey, look, you know what? We don't want this guy. This guy came up short, but at the end of the day, we keep saying that football is a team game. Yeah. He made bonehead plays. Yeah. He's reckless at times, but he's six, five. Uh, what is he? Six, five, two. He's six, five, like two forty. He's 29 years old. He has, he has, he can make all the throws. He's accurate, you know, when he wants to be. And uh, he, 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 to me, has the potential to do what Kurt Warner did when he went to the Cardinals to have that bounce back year. And I think with Terry McLaurin, with Antonio Gibson, um, with um, uh, Logan Thomas, and let's say we get another receiver in the draft or in free agency, I think this could possibly be his best team in terms of weapons. Our offensive line was sixth last year in the, in the league. You know, our defense, uh, if we had a if we had our, uh, a middle linebacker and, you know, some other pieces, I think we'll be fine. Um, but I think, I definitely think we won the trade in this, in, in the sense that we got a franchise quarterback. The Colts got two uh, third round picks, but they don't have a quarterback. And who are, who, who, who do they have to pick from? Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, um, maybe Deshaun Watson, maybe Jimmy G like, and even, even the prospects in, in, in this draft class, they're not great. And I just don't understand with the Colts. I, I think they, they got too excited in the sense that, you know what, you know, they're telling themselves that they don't want to settle, but yet, you know, they don't have anyone in line to replace a guy who went 27 and seven. So I love the move for Washington. I think he can turn it around. He knows the NFC East and um, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it was definitely a win for Washington with these trades. It's always risk versus reward, you know, with Russell Wilson, it was a lot of, you know, uh, it was extremely high risk and, you know, the reward, it's not really there. You know, for Washington, listen, they're not looking to go to the Super Bowl, right? They're they're looking to improve their roster. They're looking to go 10 and 7. Um, they're looking to make the playoffs. And I think you can make that leap. And if you can get to the playoffs and only sacrifice, you know, a third round pick, I think that's a I think that's a trade you have to make. It's it it is a a low risk, high reward scenario. And when you can make this type of deals, it's an absolute win. Um, I think if you're Washington, you know, I would go after O-lineman, keep that dude upright, keep him healthy. When he's healthy, we see what he can do. And, you know, we, we, we all know that this dude is athletically gifted. You know, he was, he was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. Right. I mean, that, that, that's, when you take a look at his game, it was glimpses of Carson Wentz. And I think that's really what Washington is banking on. That they're paying a very small price to be given that opportunity. You know, if it doesn't work out, you know, a year or two, you're done with him and you're out, you know, a third round pick. And let's be honest, in today's NFL, third round picks, some of them don't make it to the second or third year of their contract. And you know, I, I think that's well worth it. And for Indianapolis, I think Andrew Luck might be coming back. Oh, well, maybe not. You know, may, maybe they have, maybe there's like an inside track somewhere there. Maybe they know something. Maybe they're trying to make a move for, you know, a Kyler Murray 
um, if, if that's even possible for them. Or like you alluded to, Deshaun Watson, I'm sure that they're evaluating everything. But what I do know in Indianapolis is um, their MO should be hand the ball to your running back and let your road graders just clear a path for them. And, nope. and, and I think that's what they, they might do next season if they don't get a quarterback in place. So I like it for Washington. I, I think it really bumps him up there. And if they make the right offseason moves and the correct draft picks, I think they can, you know, put themselves up there into deep playoff run. Absolutely. I think that this puts them at the top of the East um, because they, you know, as long as the defense um, performs up to their talent level next season and adding Carson Wentz to the mix, you add another receiver, they're, they're going to be solid on both ends of the, on the, of the field, you know, and like, we know that Philadelphia is not a guarantee, you know, they, there's still a lot of question marks about Jalen Hurts, like a lot of question marks on, um, around that team. Um, the Giants are a mess, you know, they have new, new general manager, new coach. We don't know how Brian DeVell is going to do as a coach, as opposed to offensive coordinator. That's always very different, you know, just because someone was good at um, um, coaching Josh Allen doesn't mean that he's going to be a good coach for 53 men. So um, we don't know about the Giants. You know, I mean, there's that team in Dallas that has the black uh, Kirk Cousins on their roster, you know, as Amari Cooper called them. Um, so we know what they are, you know, they they're strapped. They can't really make upgrades. So we know that they are a 12 and five, 11 and six team that, you know, they're, they're not unbeatable. And so I think Washington looks really good after this trade. Um, it looks like they're going to have to cut Landon Collins, but it doesn't really seem like he lived up to that contract to begin with. So I don't think it's going to necessarily be a big loss for the defense. So, um, yeah, it should be exciting for all the Commander fans. Um, start going to get your uh, Carson Wentz jerseys. Yeah, so, I mean, so- two years from now, if it busts, no one is going to say, oh, we gave up the farm for Carson Wentz. If you take a look at, you know, the guy we were talking about, Russell Wilson, if two years from now it's a complete bust and they don't have a Super Bowl, oh, there's gonna, people are getting fired in that organization, right? And, and and a lot of fans are going to be upset. And I don't think you did that in Washington. Yeah, I agree. And now let's move on to Khalil Mack. He got traded too. Um, he's going from the Bears back to the West Coast to the Chargers. Um, just imagine a pass rush involving uh, Khalil Mack on one side and and Joey Bosa on the other. Um, I don't even think Patrick Mahomes can evade that rush. Um, does this put the Chargers at the top of the West? Ooh, um, I mean, it definitely makes them more dangerous. And if the if there's one thing that we saw that Patrick Mahomes isn't like, it's that pressure getting to him, right? Um, if you can get the pressure on, you can really negate what Patrick Mahomes does. And I think the Chargers are smart to try and fall follow that formula and when you take a look at that d line i think it might be you know 
the best D line in the league next year. If you start taking a look at that rotation, I mean, I think Tillery might be an all pro next year. This dude has had glimpses. You have, you have, uh, if Nuos who's still there, he's coming off of the bench. You have Bosa, you have Khalil Mack. I mean, if you can just get the secondary of that, Darwin James. Up, yeah. I mean, they, they are scary. Um, and, you know, Herbert's one of those dudes that he's progressing along nicely. Third year in the league. This is the year where we expect quarterbacks to make that big leap. And they secured his talent, his uh, his favorite target uh, to a to a nice contract there for Mr. Williams. Um, things are up. Uh, I, I'm still still don't think they're better than the Chiefs, but it definitely closes the gap between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely don't think the Chargers um, are the class of the AFC yet. I think they have uh, the second best quarterback. Um, I do think this move um, bumps them up, maybe past the Raiders, or I'm sorry, the Broncos. Uh, but I, I think the Chiefs are still the class of the AFC West. Um, they still have the best quarterback. Um, even though the, um, you know, the Broncos added Russell Wilson. Um, it's going to be very competitive. Um, I see that combo of Bosa and, and uh, Mac being deadly. Um, I think they are, um, I think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs next year. Um, possibly all four teams might make the playoffs like we talked about earlier. Um, but in terms of the, the division, I still think uh, Mahomes is still the king. And um, until they are dethroned, I think, uh, I think, you know, they still have a couple years on top. Yeah. It's going to be scary out in the West. I don't think anyone's going to want to play any of those four teams. I could see, I could even see it going into week 17 with all four having a possibility of winning the division or being slightly out of the playoffs. Like I could see it being one of those scenarios where they are all like in that nine and seven, 10 and six range. And like, they're all playing for their lives in week 17. That is how good all four of those teams are because, the I mean, the Raiders, it's, they're very talented too. And, you know, if they add Amari Cooper back, as it's rumored, I mean, they're going to give Derek Carr that 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 number one receiver that he needs um, to go along with um, the other pieces they already have. So, yeah, the West is just going to keep getting scarier. And, I mean, you look at the other three, you know, um, divisions, they – they have to get their act together or else they're going to fall behind the West. Yeah. Um, I mean, much like the NFC West, though. I mean, I'm just looking forward to those, the teams in that division just playing. I mean, you get six games where it's Patrick Mahomes versus Herbert versus Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah, they have to play, you know, Carr as well, but. And th- those six matchups right there and any season, are, I, I am circling those games and, you know, really, really going to have my eye on what those quarterbacks are going to do because it should be high scoring. And, you know, the Chargers with Khalil Mack, they're, they're going to try and get that pass rush going. And there's still plenty of offseason left. I mean, teams can still make moves, you know. You can draft someone and they can turn out to be, you know, a defensive offensive rookie of the year and give, give your team that, that boost. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And, you know, 
moving on to our last topic of the night, Calvin Ridley. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere. He got suspended for um, um, gambling. Um, he says that it was done when he was inactive, um, when he was on leave from the, the Falcons and that, you know, it was only a $1,500 bet. Um, I understand that it's against the rules to gamble and stuff, but don't you guys think that this is also um, like kind of hypocritical on the NFL considering how much they promote gambling now, how much they promote um, like these websites, like there's some of their biggest sponsors, like how on one end are they being such big proponents for gambling, but on the other end, they're telling the athletes that they can't gamble. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, we didn't really hear anything from Calvin Ridley in terms of previous altercations or infractions. He wasn't one of these habitual guys that would just go in and, and violate team rules and always get penalized and, you know, was suspended here and there. This is really the only, uh, you know, altercation that we've heard of. Whereas let's take a look at Antonio Brown's history and what was required of him to be suspended a full year. Come on, let's take a look at Ray Rice. Let's take a look at, you know, all these other guys, Adam Pacman Jones. It just doesn't match, you know, yeah. what they previously. Greg done Hardy before. almost killed his girlfriend and he got four games. Yeah. And I mean, let's go with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and, and his whole, you know, I never said, you know, yeah, I, I don't care where you lie on the political spectrum, but, you know, he sort of misled the NFL into thinking, one way or another. And you have guys that, that, you know, were faking vax cards or refusing to get vaccinated. And I'm sure that there's other things that just don't break through the headlines that, that, and these players just get a slap on the wrist. So for me, Calvin Ridley, I, I don't understand how it, it went to a full year. Okay. If you're going to make an example out of it. Okay. Let's start off with, with something that matches a first-time infraction, but a major one. Give them four games. I thought four games would have been fine, but a whole season, that, especially for a first-time offense, that's what I don't get. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, the NFL is pushing gambling. And, yeah, I think, I think that's playing a huge factor into it. Yeah, the, the punishment doesn't doesn't match, you know, the actions um, for sure. Because, I mean, I, th I think Adele is the he, first of all, he's he's a bad uh, commissioner. I feel like he he he's he tries to please a lot of people, but yet he doesn't always do the right thing. Um, in this instance. You know, you have a guy like what you guys were saying, who's a first a first time offender, you know, who bet fifteen hundred dollars on a game that he wasn't even playing and he gets punished uh, a whole year for, you know, doing what you guys were saying. The, the NFL is such a big supporter of gambling. And I think Roger Goodell, you know, doesn't want to look like, you know, that there's any shady business going on or, you know, you know, or. I think he's just covering his ass, to be honest, um, because all the NFL or all, you know, Roger Goodell cares about is the bottom line. You know, it's the money. And I think in this case, you know, he's not really doing 
any justice because like what you guys were saying, I mean, there's guys who are beating their, their girlfriends, their wives. You know, we have Antonio Brown acting like a fool. And these these players are only getting four games, six game suspensions while Calvin Ridley is getting a whole year. It's backwards to me. Um, I, I Once again, I, I don't think Roger Goodell is a good commissioner. I think he needs to get kicked out. And, you know, this is one of those cases where he looks dumb. Yeah, and I mean, let's not even look further than the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Um, the owners being accused of fixing games, you know, of fixing results, of, of, of motivating his players to not win so that he could get better draft um, draft spot and stuff. So how is that not being investigated harder? How, you know, like, oh, you hear a player uh, gamble 1500 Oh, he gets a year suspension. An owner is being accused of 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 telling his coach to lose games on purpose and you're not even um putting that owner like you know that that owner should at least be excluded from being able to be in the stadium be involved with the day-to-day operations until the investigation is completed nothing is happening it's like they brushed it under the rug so there's no transparency you know he just this commissioner just lies you know he claims that they always have tough discussions about um, racial diversity and with co- with head coaches and and um, um, uh, positions of higher power within teams. Bullshit! They don't have any of these conversations because if they if you've been having conversation, I mean, he's been the damn commissioner for like fifteen years. If you would have been having these conversations, we would have seen improvement in the amount of minority head coaches and minorities and positions of power within a team. So, like, he's just full of shit. He just likes to say what people want to hear. But he, at the end of the day, he's going to appease the owners. And, you know, if anything comes out about an owner, he's going to brush it under the rug. But, you know, he's going to try and come out hard against players to say that, you know, that there is no favoritism, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, there, there's no transparency. This there's just another black guy for the NFL. You have Deshaun Watson with 22 open cases against him, and he hasn't even been officially suspended. And even when he gets suspended, he'll probably get like four games, you know. And But, you know, Calvin Ridley, the worst thing he did was gamble $1,500 when he wasn't even an active player. And yeah, he gets and, a whole year. And, and Josh I can Gordon. I can understand if he was actually playing – and okay, then then it might warrant it. But yeah, like we said, he, he wasn't even playing in this game. And uh, let's take a look at the previous suspensions that that were handed out by this regime. I mean, Kareem Hunt, do we remember when he was in Kansas City and when that video leaked of the elevator footage? He got eight weeks. Eight yep. weeks. Ruined my fantasy season. Eight weeks for that. Um and I mean, it's it's just, it just doesn't match with, uh, with you know. Ray Rice was two games originally. Remember, Brad? Yeah, I mean, it it was. And then it, there was video, and then it had to be a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly crazy. Um, Joe Mixon. Yeah, that's another one. I I mean, again, I I, I think it's just un. I'm surprised that there has been more backlash. I'm sure as, as, as the season goes along, it will gain more traction and it needs to, there definitely needs to be a legal precedent set for this because honestly, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. If you ask me, um, 
What? Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger got six games for sexual assault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sexual assault, not, you know, not sexual misconduct, not stalking. No, assault. Yeah. And, and like we said, Deshaun Watson has 22 open cases. Yeah. Let's not forget Dominic and Stu stomping Aaron Rodgers. One game. One game yeah. for that. Um, there was obviously Greg Hardy, his, his uh, 10 game suspension um, for domestic violence. I mean, got reduced to four. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's Adrian Peterson beat his kids like it was school in the 50s. Yeah, it's it's insane. I I, I think and, and it and just taking a look at the Atlanta Falcons, it now it impacts their you know their whole offseason and what they're what they need to do because Calvin Ridley was going to be their primary next year, you know, to, to go along with their you know second year of their tight end. Um Pitch. and yeah, and now they have to really take a look at drafting a wide receiver in the first round to fill that void. Because if you can't get Calvin Ridley back this year, you may not get him back next year either. But here's my question, Brad. Isn't this where the Players Association needs to step in and 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 threaten to boycott until um, he is given a fair trial? They need to. They need to, and I think you know. I, I, hopefully they're doing their due diligence. I don't hear and, anyone speaking up for Kevin Ridley. You know, I think it's just working in the background. It's not the sexy thing to put on to ESPN right now. I think they're going to wait for, you know, the draft. Cause, cause if, if you were to come out with that as a headline, you know, Russell Wilson and, and the Khalil Mack trade and all these trades, it now falls to the bottom of that, of that news cycle. I think they're just waiting until after draft and the lull and the dead season and then, you know, putting that out there. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, that's our show for this week, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, no need to talk about the Lakers because they still suck. Can't even beat the Rockets. Um, baseball's back, but they took too long, so we stopped caring um so yeah yeah if you're listening to this podcast while driving i hope gas is not above six dollars while you're listening (laughs) yes please fill up your tanks now because it is going up on the daily all right you guys it's the fifth down later later